0: (laughs) The latest claim, 300,000 new jobs created by a vote to leave. We would no
1: longer be subject to what is effectively a job destroying machine. And the best thing for us now, because we're a great country, a, a proud economy, a proud democracy, is to take back control.
2: Take back control has been the slogan of the year. Get back control of your country. But what does it really mean? Don't worry, we'll take our country back, very soon. It's episode three of our special six-part series of the weekly economics podcast. My name, uh, as ever, is Kirsty Styles, and this is Really Take Control.
0: People don't have the ability to balance out that power anymore. There is no guarantee at the moment that if you have a job, you have a job that pays the bills.
2: <laughs> this week, uh, how can we really take control of work and our working lives? First, I'm joined by Ellie Baker, who's a trade union organiser. Hello, Ellie. Hello, Kirsty. We're also joined by Duncan McCann, who's a researcher here at the New Economics Foundation. Hello, Duncan. Hi, Kirsty. So, big question to start with, and I'll start with you, Ellie. Um, Casually, no pressure, how much control do you think that people have over their working lives right now?
0: Well, I don't see people have very much control over their working lives in general at the moment at all, um, which is pretty sad. I've been a union organiser for, I don't know, about 15 years now, and it does seem to be worse than ever at the moment. Um, And there's two elements to that. One is the increasing amount of precarious work that people have. Um, So zero hours contracts, short hours contracts, agency work fixed term contracts. All of that means that people don't really have control over how much money they're taking home. Um, And that basically means that they're at the beck and call of their employer because they need to basically have as many hours they possibly can do. And the other side of it, um, apart from the sort of economic side, is I see that work is increasingly dehumanised, that People's work is broken down more and more into tasks Um, and if you're in a people-centered profession like caring, like social care or teaching, again, doesn't really have very much to do with human beings anymore Um, and that's become increasingly pressured so there's a lot of de-skilling going on so I just see people really not feeling they have any control at all at the moment of what goes on at work.
2: Okay, but unemployment has been consistently decreasing in the UK. It's probably been one of those like underlying apparent good news stories in the whole world of terrible news. Um, don't you think the important thing is that people have jobs at
0: all, jobs to pay the bills? Well, well, the first thing is that there is no guarantee at the moment that if you have a job, you have a job that pays the bills. So um, people may have, I mean, the amounts of in-work poverty is going up, underemployment is, is sort of pretty endemic at the moment. Um, and the other, I was thinking about this earlier on, no one really talks about unemployment anymore. This used to be something that was talked about all the time on the news. It's like, oh, unemployment's gone down, unemployment's gone down or, or up, um, and bad and good depending on, on the figures. But now you don't really hear about it so much. And I feel like the government may realise that those figures saying unemployment has has, uh, has gone down don't mean anything to anyone anymore. No one feels that as valuable to them. They don't see those jobs that people have um, as of value in the same way they used to be.
2: Okay, and when do you, do you think that people got a lost control of their working lives? How did we get here?
0: Well, uh, so that's a big question, isn't it? Um, I just think the balance between individuals at work and the... Um, employers um, and corporations has just completely tipped over. Exactly when that happened, then I think uh, the economic crash certainly, certainly sped that up. But it's just that people don't have the ability to balance out that power anymore. And I think it's been happening over the last, certainly for as long as I've been working with people. What do you
2: think, Duncan? So why do you think that people have lost control of their of their? Well, lives? I think one of the
1: things that's happened is that this, this kind of trend to zero hours and precarious work has been some way couched in the terms of choice and people wanting to take control of their lives. And they've managed to kind of isolate a very tiny subsection of the workforce for which this kind of very open flexibility, not really minding, you know, what your weekly earnings are not having to kind of smooth it out, it really works for them. Um, and then from this, I've expanded it so that it's, you know, almost the, the natural way of working now, but it really doesn't work for the vast majority of people. If you want to raise a family, if you want to buy a house or uh, get any kind of official um, uh, engagement with the system, then these precarious forms of work uh, really don't work.
2: Okay. So, what do you think the future of work looks like then, Duncan? Robots, robots and relaxation?
1: Well, I think the future, re- there's, it's a really problematic idea about the future. So, under the current economic system, the idea that we move to kind of some kind of fully automated uh, economy whereby robots or computers or systems are doing much of our work is a real dystopia. Uh, we don't have the systems in place to protect those who will be uh, pushed to one side. So although I think that technology and automation will displace a lot of tasks, I mean, robots and AI they don't do jobs, they do specific tasks, so, and which makes some kind of overall jobs more at risk. But unless we look at reforming how the economy works, that's gonna be a real disaster for the UK and the rest and the world.
0: And what are your feelings on automation Ellie, are we all out of a job? Well, I can't see it happening at the moment, as Duncan says about computers or robots carrying out tasks. Companies are using human beings to do that. Um, I used to organize people in Amazon, and they're literally using people as part of that machine to carry out specific tasks. Okay, Partly that may be because it's actually cheaper because of their employment model. Obviously this is a threat that hangs over when you're organising people in those situations if, if you drive up wages and there'll be no jobs. We will see, won't we? But I can't see under the system at the moment massive unemployment round the corner because that's not where the sort of trends are going at the moment. What do
2: you, and yeah, so Duncan, do you have mass unemployment? Is that do you think that's on the card? Poverty as I well. I mean, I
1: think the the potential is there for in a generation or two for really machines to have really changed the whole architecture of of work. And the, this this idea that we haven't got a solution for an automated world actually poses some real problems today. So you know, one example is the idea of automated transport. So the driverless car, but you know, all of logistics becoming driverless it's a huge employer over a million people employed in that sector here and so we can't just move to that automated world and put one point so on million people out of work but moving to an automated transport infrastructure offers us huge benefits the environmental benefits would be massive as we see an enter congestion we see a vast reduction in number of cars being owned projections are that you know as much as 70% of the cars would no longer be needed it would be transformative in terms of deaths on the road injuries so if you just looked at those outcomes you would say well this is something that we need to do it has environmental benefits it has social benefit you know and so on but the consequence of mass unemployment mean that really we can't move towards it too quickly so we're kind of scuppered in that these, these 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 this progress that we could be making we can't because of the serious consequences to work
2: human cost did you want to come you want to come back in? You're you're, you're scrawling things. I hate Duncan on a piece of paper. I think
0: <laughs> no, I, I suppose it's the point. this is the point where I always say, uh, think about what the social benefits are of work and of, to the individual. And we sort of tend to go down the road of saying, if people didn't have to work, then that would be a better thing. And I don't think that's the case. I think actually giving people a purpose and rejigging what that purpose can be and it not necessarily being what we always define as jobs um, Um, as paid work and versus what is unpaid work and caring does that make sense
1: and i think that's a really important point so uh, for me i think we need to expand the where we think of work as being valuable to us so i would love to be working a bit less and spend more time being a parent which i consider probably my most important job even though i don't get to spend as much time as i would like doing it now i won't get paid for raising my three children but it it gives me so much more that going to kind of my paid work can can, can never do for me. And I think we would find, I don't think that this idea of a world of leisure and everybody just sitting on the couch, eating potato chips, watching telly, I do think it offers a future where people can really re-embrace what's most important to them, even though it doesn't necessarily bring you any monetary gain.
2: Okay Duncan so you've kind of said that we can't you know make this change you know as as great as it might be for people to work less without some kind of what sounds like systemic change. What kind of things do you think that we need to do at a you know at a high level to see um, people people work less but work well?
1: So for me I think there are two real uh, fundamental changes and most of the people who are talking about this future of automation focus on these two and the first is changing our education system. Uh, Our education system evolved out of a need for a kind of global bureaucracy to serve the empire. And so it needed robots. And so what happens at school today is we teach our children to be robots. They learn information and they regurgitate it. But that's exactly what robots are really, really good at. And so um, I think that we really need to rethink our education system so that our education system teaches our children but also our grown-ups because I, for me in a future of automation there's going to be a lot of reskilling, a lot of retraining that needs to happen as well so that we really value our human characteristics and not our ability to be robots.
2: Oh, I like teaching our grown-ups, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's your other one, Duncan?
1: And so the other one that's talked about a lot is the universal basic income. So this is the idea that you would give everybody unconditionally uh, an amount of money, which would uh, you know, meet their basic needs. The idea that I prefer is called a social wealth fund, which would pull together some kind of assets, which we would then all own collectively, And then we would derive an income from those
2: assets. Okay, Elise. so you focus on individuals, you focus on workers. What kind of solutions do you have to all of this?
0: Well, I see workers organising themselves, um, which is obviously what I do to try and take back some control of their working lives. And people will always organise themselves at work, even though they're doing it in a lot of cases under some really, really difficult conditions. Circumstances kind of at the del- moment. Deliveroo, yes, uh, in absolutely, London, absolutely, creating a new union. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, uh, is it Independent of, Workers Union? Yeah, okay. they've been around for a bit. So, ah, okay. Yes. Well, but, <laughs> but they're organizing, They're organizing uh, Deliveroo drivers so that's a new branch of that's a new area oh, for them um, and uber drivers doing the same and organizing themselves in very much but these are these are pretty small scale at the moment and that's not to do down what they what they're doing but it is pretty small scale at the moment what i'm interested about is what it feels for people to take control of their working lives how that feels because we can sit here and design a system that we say mm-hmm. this would work but in reality if it doesn't actually give power to the people who are doing the work, it's all sort of uh, a bit irrelevant to be honest because they won't buy into it. So it's about people having enough to live on to actually have a decent life, having enough time to do the things that they want to do outside work and having work that's fulfilling that, you know, and that's changed massively over the last 10, 15 years. Jobs that used to be, people used to be able to take pride in and now no longer jobs that they can feel they've done a good day's work at the end of the day. Duncan you're
2: interested in the technology companies and their kind of role in our new economy Um, do you kind of have hope that those kind of platforms are are platforms that can help create a better future? Uh,
1: Well I think for the moment the signs aren't very good they've amassed so much power so much money that as soon as they feel any competition or they see a good innovation coming from a startup they buy it up, they've got huge cash reserves, they need to do something with it, or they relegate it in the search engine or it just becomes very hard to find. So I think it's really problematic, uh, actually. Uh, It's not a healthy market that uh, Uber and Airbnb and Google and these guys want to happen. They want a monopoly and not just a monopoly in their vertical, as soon as they've monopolized that, they just pop along to the next one, which is what we've seen in Amazon. We're seeing it in Uber where, yes, first of all, they take the taxis and then they're gonna go to uh, food delivery. But ultimately Uber wants to run, be our whole public transport infrastructure. Uh, and have no drivers. They will, you know, all these pesky drivers, you know, causing them trouble at the moment. Um, so we really need to kind of get back control, legislation, organizing workers.
2: OK, well, we're post-Brexit, post-Trump. So this is, uh, I'm generally quite on edge at the moment, guys. The, the, where's the silver lining in all this, Duncan? I'm going to come to you first.
1: Well, I think what's one thing that this whole digital economy has happened is it's really laid bare this this extractive, rapacious form of capitalism that we have today. Um, it's really made it obvious who's exploiting who. And so people are thinking about the solutions, organising, uh, trying to find a vision for a better future. And I say, so I think that's really positive. And the other thing is, is that uh, individuals are getting together. Uh, And creating their own platforms uh, formed under different kind of business models, uh, thinking about cooperatives, thinking about their social impact, thinking about their environmental impact. Um, And this could really be a catalyst for changing the way we think about these businesses and these platforms and the digital economy.
2: Phew. Ellie?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think I said earlier on that... that, um, Workers are always going to organise themselves. They are up against it at the moment with the with the uh, the size and the monopoly of the some of the employers. We have, although people have organised against similar employers when they had no security of work 100 years and the risks were basically the same. So I think what we need to do now is we need to be looking at, okay, what are the tools the employers are using and how can we actually use people to network themselves together and organise themselves? So it's about using that tech not to compete but to organise and actually build those networks and build that sort of resistance and and start pushing up some of those conditions again. So I I think it's perfectly possible. But yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna probably get worse before it gets better. But
2: oh god, <laughs> maybe we can all just start googling things uh, that we don't really want to search for to confuse Google. That be that'd be a good waste of an afternoon. So um, thanks so much, guys. Worse before it gets better, but the series is gonna get be just as good as it was this week as it is next week so we'll be um, back next monday with more friendly experts for the fourth episode of our really take control mini series um, if you've missed any of them you can find uh, the previous episodes on itunes soundcloud or wherever you get your podcasts thank you very much